I'm Elia Haber for the Beirut Banyan. I was just attending a talk in Martyr Square, as is the case every night. Um, the discussion got heated a little bit this time about what this revolution is really for, whether it's a class struggle, if privatization is the answer. One of the people watching this conversation had a lot to say. I was lucky enough to snatch an interview with him just after the whole discussion ended. Here's our conversation. Okay, so if you can please provide me with your name, age and profession. So I'm Hashem Adnan. I'm uh, 36, <laughs> 35, 36, and uh, I'm a theater maker, actually, yes. So we were just at a discussion where the subject of privatization was brought up in a way or another, and you had very strong opinions on why it shouldn't be the case that we talk about privatization in such conditions. Why do you think it's already a discussion while the parliament is still here and there's a million other steps before that? Why do you think this is the current discussion? Actually, it's, it's normal because every revolution holds within it a counter-revolution. And uh, many people in Lebanon think that, well, okay, now the regime is going to fall, so Sulta, uh, yani the authorities will, will change and they just want to squeeze themselves in uh, in order to reproduce the neoliberal capitalist system in Lebanon in a new way. Uh, this is super dangerous. I mean, uh, having these discussions that are very well organized, documented on daily basis uh, is, is a systematic political action by a bunch of capitalists that think that they can uh, convince us that what we are fighting for is a, a less corrupted uh, kind of authority while we know very well that we are revolting against a whole system, a patriarchal system, a neoliberal capitalist system a militia system at the same time it's a system that uses monopoly to control economy so yes it's not only about bringing up the idea and the ideology behind privatization it's also trying to hijack the movement and it's super dangerous i want to challenge you on that because uh, a woman also stood up and talked and she said when you're doing this or classifying it as a classist uh, movement, you might be alienating the people who do not feel that they're really well off and they're not completely hungry. So she wanted to frame the conversation as it's a revolt against people who've been stealing, as she characterized it. Do you think that this reframing is very different from a classist a frame that you were proposing? How do you think or do you think there should be a blend and how do you think you can blend that to include as many people as possible? Well, I think it's a shallow way of understanding class struggle because class struggle is not about people who are hungry and people who are not. It's about what kind of access do we have on life in general with all its levels, our contemporary life. So access to education, access to information, access to knowledge, access to 
resources to natural resources, access to healthcare, access to transportation, access to uh, luxury, you know, access to traveling and seeing other countries, access to, to all the details of life. So when we speak about, when yani, every time we bring up the idea of class struggle, uh, such like shallow understandings come out. But this is not important because I think it's not important. We don't need to blend anyone in anyone. It's, there's a movement that is happening and now the policies of this uh, system is bringing more and more people out of their uh, social security. And these people that are going out of this safe space uh, that they have built through decades in various ways, they will find themselves in the streets with us fighting for the same idea of, of a new future with less inequality. So there's a, a fall of ideologies that happened 20 years ago and this fall turned out to be a fake fall because what fell was the corrupted systems, was the authoritarian system. But what didn't fall is the fact that capitalism is eating the planet, you know, with all the people living on this planet. And it's turning life into a shitty uh, service-based uh, corrupted kind of life. So this is my idea on, on class uh, struggle. Yeah. The reason I, I asked you about this is because I'm sure that I'm having those conversations with family members and friends who are still apprehensive about what's going on. And I'm trying to think, as well as other people, on how to involve them in what's going on. This is why I'm asking you, what's your strategy on dealing with people who still feel alienated by what's going on? People who feel alienated from what's going on have their reasons to be to feel this, and I think that a revolution is is not for everybody, and we should know this and we should accept it because some people will fight this revolution until death; they are ready to die for the representatives of their interests and they will do it but the people that should not be alienated are the people that this revolution represents their interests also and that they have some barriers with us coming from certain backgrounds that can be related maybe to the war the dynamics of war and the post-war like society of our country related to maybe to class uh, affiliation yeah, and people from a upper class etc and here I think there's an ideological war to win and what was happening in this tent this ideological war was happening and these kind of capitalists they use the idea of non-ideology to fight an ideological war uh, claiming that all what we need is a productive economy. What does a productive economy mean? Do we really need to produce and for our economies to be productive? Does it mean that we just need to really to produce uh, goods and services and whatever these goods and services are without re-questioning what's happening on the levels of 
the environment, on the levels of the social uh, life, on the level of the cultural life of the people, on all these levels. No, we need to re-question all this capitalist system and all the goods and services and illusions that we normalized through 200 years now. So it's a double war that we are fighting and I, I hate using these terminologies but in a way or another it is true because it's a war not because we want war, <laughs> it's because people are fighting us and are fighting this movement and they will fight it till the end and with all the weapons they have including ideology and these people are very diverse just like this revolution is very diverse the counter revolution will be very diverse also it will have components of military it will have components of capitalists it will have components of patriarchal uh, religious uh, men and they will form a coalition to, to try to stop us. In this month, what have you learned about yourself, your fellow countrymen, or maybe the, the, the country we're in? What have you learned in this month? I mean, I think I've learned what I have been learning all the time since 2011, that we are in a very long phase of change and of transformation and our societies will go through many ups and many downs and there is a new kind of society that is being thought and imagining an alternative to capitalism is not something that is absurd or, or crazy, it is very uh, crucial for, for us to to be able to, yes, to live a better life, at least. Uh, but I also learned that all the political barriers, the traditional political barriers that our system created for the people uh, could be broken. Related to sectarian issues, related to regional issues, related to many of the illusions of the politicians, the men, the men politicians that are also war criminals and that are capitalists at the same time this combination is a combination to to try to break at every moment of our movement in a couple of years when people are looking back at this moment in our history what do you think they're going to remember or what do you hope they will remember i think they will remember the songs it's a, it's a revolution of songs i mean we are screaming, singing all day, all night, and this is this is great. I think yes, words, uh, words will stay. Many words will stay, and many uh, deep feelings of solidarity, of like of solidarity between people that never met again before, and that they find themselves in a very intimate. <laughs> relationship in a in a very intense and maybe sometimes dangerous moment of 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 confrontation let's say so these deep uh, feelings of sometimes fear mixed with courage and insistence and uh, yes and also also love a, a lot of love like i i have been sharing uh, love with a lot of people through this time and I think that yes it is also love is something that we will remember about this period.
Elia Haber, signing off from Martyr Square for the Beirut Banyan.